Hello, my name's Chris Paul and I am the CEO and founder of Man on Inverclyde, a mental health charity based in Greenock in the west of Scotland. And we're bringing you this message today to raise awareness of mental health and raise awareness of our charity and how we can maybe support you, your friends or your loved ones if you need it. Now, we started off as a suicide prevention charity and we're continuing that mission. We want to break the stigma attached to mental health. We want to break the stigma attached to men's mental health and I know that a lot of men will be listening to this podcast so please get in touch with us via Man on Inverclyde on social media and um, you'll find us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. If you're not on social media and you want to get in touch with us via email just type in support at manoninverclyde.com our landline here is 01475-910258. So yeah, get in touch with us if you're struggling with your own mental health or you're concerned about a friend or a family member. One of our staff members are volunteers here to support you. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to the Gallant Few podcast, podcast formerly dedicated to Rangers Football Club, but now we're all things opposition FC. My name's Colin McDuff and I'm your host as always. Joining me to talk through quite a quite a joyful few days uh, for for the club. First of all, Graham Campbell, how are you? Uh, brilliant, Colin. Yeah, it's been an absolutely class few days. Uh, I think I'm probably still drunk from the weekend. Uh, but good to good to get talking Rangers tonight. Don't know how you managed a beer after that game. I was fucked, honestly. I was I fairly happy at 120 minutes. Never mind it. Just watched it. Also joining us uh, for God's Country, Steve Caldo. How you doing? How you doing, Colin? Uh, uh, yep. Thanks again for having me on. Um, I have to say, when the dates were decided for the pod. Uh, I don't think I expected two wins in the last two days, so I'm absolutely delighted to be coming on. We've got something good to talk about, mate. I say, you <laughs> you put your name down for as far away as possible because we were going through quite a poor bit of form, so you, <laughs> you played your cards right with that one, mate. I was taking extra shifts at work just so, I'd screw, so I could stay away from the pod. Eh? <laughs> and also, dusting off the cobwebs, coming out the back cupboard to... Taking point the foursome. Graham Curry, how are you? Magic Colin. Still on cloud nine. Um aye. Same as Steve. I've not been on the pod for a while, but it's funny how I came out the came out the woodwork when we've had two great results. But aye, still on cloud nine, mate. Fantastic. Uh, you're like one of the bastards that tried to get a season ticket when we go back up to the top division. Where were you against Dannon? Hey. But no, we're not here to talk about that. So Graham Campbell, come to you first. Um, let's just talk about Sunday as much as we humanly can. Rangers got what they deserved. I don't think anyone can question it. Well, I think we all left the ground probably saying nobody can question it. There can be no complaints, only to be hit with the usual typical media onslaught, um, talking about everything other than our performance. We won, we were the better team in the day, and the media backlash probably proves that event. I don't think anyone can disagree that we were the better team, bar maybe the first half of extra time. But I felt we outsang them off the park and we outplayed them on the park. So it was a phenomenal day all round. Absolutely phenomenal. Um couldn't have couldn't have expected better to be honest. And we do have a good record in extra time as well. I think we all would have preferred it didn't go that way. Uh, there was some nerves jangling, but Listen, what a day. We deserved that as a fan base. We've deserved those those last five days or so. That was, it was amazing. Steve, quite a lot this season we've seen Rangers play really well in spells, but it's either been we've started the game really well and not just followed up with getting enough goals or we've waited to 50, 60 minutes to we're one goal behind to start playing. You, you can't, uh, as Graham alluded to there, there's maybe that 15-minute spell in the first half of extra time, but if you start to finish, Rangers, Rangers were just up for it. They were absolutely superb. Um, so, 
I mean, I genuinely think we've got a better team than Celtic, okay, and I've thought that all the way through the season. But after the sort of week before and what we went through on Thursday night with the extra time and that, um, I wasn't overly confident going into Sunday. And then I quite often find in these games, well, in my head, I sort of see the first sort of 10 minutes and I, I sort of pick who I think's got to win with just who's crunching into tackles and just general attitude. And I thought we started it absolutely superb. I just thought Alexa Lundstrom and that put markers down. thought we were working hard. Um, and as we were sort of getting to half-time, I was thinking to myself, you know, I think we probably need the first goal because, you know, if, if certainly go ahead, you know, sort of drains a wee bit more energy out the legs and everything. And then, fucking hell, obviously it happened. Certainly went one up. And I think probably the only time, like during the 90 minutes and the extra time that I wasn't overly confident, you know, with the performance. I thought Celtic looked pretty comfortable for about 10 minutes after they scored. Um, and then the subs, you know, I mean, bringing Arfield and Davies on and um, Arfield getting his goal. To, like, see that pass for Conor Goldson? Fucking hell, it was unbelievable. And then Taft taking it on his chest and then firing it across early and Arfield bent in the top corner. And then for then, I thought we looked the stronger team. Uh, agree with Graham Selly were probably the best spell of the game maybe the first half of extra time but I didn't think they were cutting us open or anything like that um, so it was just off the scale wasn't it it was brilliant Absolutely Graham um, we're going to talk about a few players but we're going to start from the top Steve mentioned John Lundstrom there um, I'm running <laughs> kind of running out of Ask kissing for John Armstrong, ask kissing phrases. He was just phenomenal from start to finish. Uh, Steve mentioned it there. It was in the very first five minutes he put in a slide tackle, it set the tone. It just that's what we're going to do. We're going to win this midfield, and he just stamped his authority over the midfield. He was the one that set an example. Follow me. It was a leadership. He set a. He acted as a leader, a proper leader. This is the way we are going to play today. And he was crunching into challenges. Wasn't again anybody a minute. And because he'd done that, it forced everybody around about him to then step up as well. So if they weren't up for it already, they were following his lead and everybody else done exactly the same. Getting into challenges, not allowing people to turn on the ball. Um, as soon as a Celtic player got the body feet, there was somebody in tapping right from the start. Uh, but I... Lundstrom, outstanding. Wasn't he just his tackling? It was his passing as well. His control of the game, I thought, was good. He was able to spread the ball a bit well, playing the right balls at the right time. Sometimes it was just a wee five yard to the side. Sometimes it was a, a ping into Kent in the wing. It was just an all-round fantastic midfield performance. And he's getting the he's getting the right plaudits for it. What you said there about Celtic midfield not getting enough time. That was that was a massive downfall at Ibrox. Like first and second half, we let Callum McGregor run a riot. Um, he was able to turn on the ball, as you're saying, drive with the ball. On some first five minutes, he put down his marker. He he wasn't having that. He he came up and said, "Listen, you're not going to do what you done to us at Ibrox." And I think that definitely echoed through the team, didn't it? And they took the huff. You could see them getting pissed off. Celtic players were getting right pissed off because we were right on tapping them. They weren't allowed to play their game. And you could see them getting a wee bit frustrated and then they didn't know what to do. They didn't have a they didn't have a, a second option where they could play a you know a one-touch pass to get rid of it. As soon as somebody closed them down, they, they had to take a touch and take a second touch before they could release the ball. They didn't have they don't have the they don't have the skill, they don't have the the I'm trying to think of the word, but they're, they're not good enough, basically. They're not good enough to play triangles, one-touch triangles that we're able to do. We're able to do that as if you see, like, uh, the training ground exercises, we do one-touch pass, one-touch pass, one-touch pass. Celtic don't have the ability to do it. So I think as fans, everybody's been able to see it. If we close this team down, harass them, they're not good enough to, they're not good enough to come up with anything else. So the tactics were spot on. Tactics were spot on right from the start and it, it played right into your hands. Just on the tactics, Graham, we'll come to you. Um, I think talk about that 
being on the front foot, pressing Celtic, being aggressive when we're off the ball. Uh, I've not really seen it for this Rangers team, but the centre-halves pushing in towards the midfield, pushing towards the striker. I thought Bassey and Goulson done that brilliantly throughout the game. And I thought both full-backs had, uh, both had excellent games defensively and going forward as well. Um, and I think that really set the tempo. Absolutely, and I guess it's not just tactically the way we set up, but it's managing through the game, and Gio's been kind of inconsistent. Some games he's been excellent tactically throughout the game with his use of subs. Other games there's been bafflement with, with the fans. I think this game and, <clears throat> this game and Sunday, let's not let's not pretend and, and be around the bush. Callum McGregor's one of the better players in Scotland, and he's their best player, and he makes them tick. We dealt with him so much better on Sunday instead of respect. We almost sat off and gave him the last two firm games. That made all the difference. Once you can nullify their threat in the middle of the park, which I felt we did bar maybe a couple of runs, that that really helped. And when we look at the tactical subs, when, when we've got a berth of talent midfield, whether it's Jack Lindstrom, we were able to bring on Kamara, Davis, Arfield, right. We had Ramsey, obviously. The difference was they weren't able to bring on anyone. I don't think they changed McGregor um, and they didn't bring off Hattati until what, 100 and whatever minutes. So it's the depth of our squad and it's good to see he's using it. But I felt tactically that Gio got the subs absolutely spot on and, that, and that's something else that he, he, we bested Celtic at um, on Sunday. So yeah, I think we set up well. I thought our defence had a great game. Barisic fair play to him again. I think he did the same on Thursday. Um, he he kind of signalled that he was going to need to come off. I think maybe a bit of cramp, especially in the groin. But what that does is when Balogun comes on, we know who has a burst of pace. Puts Bass out there. Now Bass has played, what, 200 plus minutes um, now in, in the last five five days. Still running the late, still running the width of that, the length of that park with five minutes to go extra time outrunning James Forrest who came on what 20 minutes before so look um, Taman we were unbelievable and just echoed John Lindstrom oh my word he, he will be the, it wasn't looking like it the first few months but he's got to be signing of this signing this season right and you just see the leadership come from him and how much we, we've clearly got under his skin as a club as well you can tell from singing the Blue Sea Ibrooks on Thursday to yelling at Bassey um, when he was kind of down looking to see how a Celtic player was. He's got leadership and, and drove. So, no, look, that man, we were unbelievable on Sunday and, and that includes Gio. We've not had enough of that bad bastardness uh, who can back it up with talent in the last 10 years, have we? That John Lundstrom showed um, he can play a ball, but by God, uh, he must have a set of balls if he's up for showing a, a unit like Calvin Bassey. The only one I would say, Jack, I think Jack's got that leadership about him, but he's been in and out of the team for the past year, but he's got that same sort of dig about him. He understands the club, so um, I think with Lundstrom and Jack in the midfield, you've got that, but you can. I, I think Lundstrom outshone him in terms of the the nastiness of him, which you definitely need, you know. It's, it's, and it wasn't... Graham there was saying McGregor is a star man. Rogic is getting a lot of a lot of time, a lot of space. He sometimes pulls the strings in the midfield. He didn't get a sniff. He was hooked after an hour. He just didn't get a sniff. So it wasn't just one player that we had to single out. I would say we had to single out or we had to we had to target the two midfielders there. Um and we certainly done that. So Steve, when we talk about leaders, um I'm gonna talk about the the two best subs of the game, Steve Davis and Scott Arfield. Um, while I thought Rangers still had the better at Celtic up until then, like in general play, obviously we were 1-0 down at this point. I thought these were, uh, the, these two subs got us over the edge. In terms of leaders, it's, I, I thought they were excellent. Steve Davis, he'll take the ball under any sort of pressure and see when you've been playing almost 90 minutes, and you see Davis shown for the ball, and you know he's got to play the ball in the safety or in a good pass, and in a good passage of play. That must be so reassuring. And Scott Arfield, Arfield is that kind of like Barisic. No, no, in terms of confidence levels, but when he's got the fire in his belly, he's either going to have a an off game or he's right up for it. And thankfully, on Sunday was right up for it. 
Yeah, I agree with that. I think um, I was a wee bit critical of Van Bronckhurst on Thursday, um, just after I would have brought Davies on after about an hour, because I just think it it must be like a dream team, mate. Anytime you lift your head up, he's 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 got to take the ball off you. You know, so if you're under a wee bit of pressure, pop it into Davies and he'll give it back to you, or he'll pop it onto somebody else. Um, and I just think they were they were two great subs to bring on. You know. As you say, Davis takes the ball anywhere, and Arfield just um, he just had that head on him, didn't he? He was not going to be on the losing side on Sunday. He just—I don't mean that, I'm probably doing him a bit of disservice, but he just charged about the pitch, um, bundle of energy. It was almost like saying, "This is your last game," and he just, as I say, he was never going to come off on the losing side. See, just going quickly back to John Lundstrom, I was actually speaking to a guy at work, a non-Rangers fan, a couple of weeks ago about Lundstrom, and uh, we were just talking about signings and stuff, and he said, do you think he's been another one of these guys that have come up to England and thought he's got to coast it in Scotland? And I says, no, I don't think think so. What, what I, or why I thought he struggled at the start of the season, I thought he was getting used in the wrong position. It was almost like he was told to be a sitting midfielder and... It was almost like a player that whose legs had went. You know, it was just like sit there and pass, pass, pass. And um, it was almost, um, see when he got, it was like he got took, told to take the handbrake off. And you see when he can use his energy and like he's got strength, he's not slow. He's got um, good ability on the ball, you know, put tackles in. And I don't know if it was him or, um, I'd say it's more since Van Bronckers come in or whether somebody's just said to him, look, you're not a player that needs to sit in the centre circle. You're the guy that needs to get about the park and affect games. And ever since that, he's probably been one of our best players. But I don't think it was ever an attitude thing with him. I think he was just getting used wrong. Whether we just need to sort of learn how to use him. Um, but I think when you have somebody in the middle of the park like him, you know the rest of the players feed off that. You're putting tackles in like that, so I'm going to put tackles in like that. You're putting that much energy in, I'm going to put that energy in. Um and if there's two players in the team that you're saying you ought to be closing down, Lundstrom and Bassey, you know, if you're on the half turn as Rogic or McGregor are a lot of the time, and you've got Lundstrom and Bassey up your arse, you're not wanting that. Probably the two players you don't want up your arse, to be fair. No, it's a good point about Lundstrom. Um, I do remember when he was coming on, it was almost like Gerard was... He was trying to mould him into another player's position. So when Davis was out injured, Lonson was asked to play the Steve Davis role. Or there was even at times where he was maybe trying to be used like a Joe Aribo playing a wee bit on the right, a bit further forward. It's not his game at all. So I'm just glad that Gio's getting the best of him. Um, Graham, just on Scott Arfield again, we'll come to the goals. I'm not going to give too much um too much airtime of that Turncoat Taylor's goal. Um, it was deflection anyway, and it doesn't really matter. So on a one each, Scott Arfield. I'm so glad he picked Sunday to <laughs> to have his fucking shooting boots on um, instead of Thursday. Aye, fantastic finish, I thought. Um, right place, right time. Uh, good control as well. I thought if, it, if he didn't, it was, um, it was a nice wee touch that was taken to, to lay it into his path and he's just guided it, he just guided it nicely into the, into the bottom corner or middle corner if you like. But um, aye, really good finish. He was up for it. He came on and he was full of energy as well. Wasn't on for long before he started to to make, make a difference. You know, he was asking for the ball. He was harrying. Um, but aye, a, a, a fabulous goal. I, I didn't see it coming. I was ready for I was ready for waving the white flag. I thought we wilted after their goal. I thought I, I just couldn't see it. I was watching it and I just couldn't see a goal coming. Um, I thought we would have huffed and puffed, maybe had a couple of chances, but I really didn't see that that coming at all. And wow, what what a what a release it was when that ball hit the back of the net. It was the whole stadium went mental. The players went mental. It was, it, it was a proper release of excitement and relief and euphoria. It was um, one of the moments that you'll not forget. Her. I thought the fans were excellent, start to finish. If I'm being fair, aye. Well, the whole game. Um, I think it was a great. I would say that at the start, just outsang them. We outsang them the full, 
the full um, the full the full day the full game. But uh, it was um, quite the atmosphere. So when the extra time, Graham and that man, that man with a smile, um, he might not be credited with a goal in in Sky Sports, but I'm giving it to him. He comes from Zambia and he saved my day. What a what was it like when this goal went in for you? Oh, undescribable joy, right? I think but before he even came on, I don't know if it, I never clocked it, but I think on the, the Hamden screens, um, it was saying about random stats and Sakal had obviously scored in every round of the Scottish Cup. So a few of the guys round about were talking about that. Um, and to be honest, what, 117th minute came on, I was kind of starting to think, penalties uh, like nobody wants it but I couldn't help um, sort of, um, think about penalties whenever it was he came on 107 that I can't remember it doesn't really matter 30, 30 minutes to go um, I think extra time and he came on and um, we took off roof so again that's that's a call where actually Gio's saying well do you know what I'm not thinking about penalties penalties isn't in my mind I'm bringing on Sakala it was absolutely not his goal. I'm not even sure he touched it, but I could not give a fuck flag. off, man. <laughs> He's getting it. Um, I'll take the delight that Starfield's booted it into his own net, actually. But look, the the run Bassey makes down the left, and Kent, man, the engine on him is just unbelievable. Like he's always for going. I don't think I've ever looked at Kent and thought he looks leggy, he looks tired. No matter what game, no matter how he's played, how long he's played for. I mean, the guy is. The engine on him is just ridiculous. Um, again, I thought he was excellent, um, but for that overlap for Bassing, as I said earlier, Forrest who came on as a sub, who's he's not slow. He, he, he's not catching them. I think Bobby Madden outran James Forrest if you look at the replay. Um, but Bassing overlap and just such a dangerous ball in. We'd, we'd had a couple of cross cross the face balls in the second half extra time that we were maybe just want a wee break or a wee bit of luck and, and obviously we got it and, and I don't think they were ever going to look, yeah they could have gone up the park and they might have got one more chance but the game management by us for those last five minutes, in fact what would that have been nine minutes because Madden found four minutes injury time in extra time which I don't think I've ever seen before by the way but um, we managed that game so unbelievably well and to see it out and I think just for me the most important part is um, it's the character it's the character we showed for coming for one goal down with 25 minutes to go or one down with 13 minutes to go and, and we bring it back and we win an extra time but out of everything for me that's the most important part we're, we're going to need a lot of character whether it's maybe the league's gone yeah probably but if we're going to win the Scottish Cup if we're going to progress to the final Europa League we'll need all that character and we've clearly got it in our squad Steve we're going to come to Thursday night in a minute but how important is that result for Gio um, the reason I ask I don't think anybody in this podcast saying maybe Kenny who's a fucking moody wee bastard at times always, you tell me the right time and he says Gio out um, other than that I think we all we're all in agreement well, he has to get a chance in the summer but there were people genuinely question is it time for him to go I think this must carry a lot of favour for him now Yeah um, I don't think I would have questioned if it was time for him to go but I certainly had doubts about well I mean at the end of the day come in with a six point lead in the league and we're now six points behind whatever whatever excuse he can give for that there's been a 12 point swing um, yep, it's not his players or anything and managers would always argue that they need sort of transfer windows and stuff but um, you know, we'd went seven or eight games without getting beat for Celtic before he came in and that would have been a swing to three defeats in the trot and uh, Rangers managers you know I think you do need a good result against Celtic in big games um, towards the start of your sort of career as a manager at Rangers just to you know, so the fans know that you can win big games. I mean, we, we obviously can't argue what he's done in Europe. Um, but I think it was a massive win for him. And I think it was the way that it was done as well. It was, you know, it was the subs that, that, that influenced the game. Um, I thought McLaughlin, as Graham was saying there, towards the end, 
Celtic put a couple of crosses in the lap, but McLaughlin came and dealt with it. You know, if, if he'd had a shocker um, and, you know, gave away a penalty, but sent off, whatever, that would have been a big one on Van Bronck or so it would have. Um, so, I've questioned some of his subs. Um, I think he can be quite slow with subs sometimes. Um, but, overall, you know, you've got to give him credit. I don't think he'd done anything wrong on Sunday. Really, tactics, yeah, massive for him. And it, He's such a likeable bloke. He is. You know, I, I really want him to do well. Obviously, I'm a Rangers fan. I want him to do well. But, um, aye, it's just a massive win for him. So chuffed for him. One thing, um, just when Steve's talking about McLaughlin there. I, I fucking knew you were going to come in. I knew you were going to come in. The McGregor basher. Look, I love, I love McGregor as much as the next guy, but I think when we when we saw he was coming in at the start of the game, I think probably thought, oh, well, do you know what, McLaughlin's played the last three rounds, Gio's been fair on him, blah, 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 but I think in the first five minutes, they were all playing, passing the ball about the back, something that we weren't re- really able to do as well in the last two from games. It was clearly a tactical decision, by the way, and that needs to be applauded with utmost, because McLaughlin is comfortable with the ball. He's feel like there's a couple of hairy moments between him, Golds and Bass and all that. But that's one thing that we didn't do in the last two firms where pass the ball about. So they had Maeda, who by the way I'm convinced isn't a football player, he's just a professional menace and just runs about like a madman up there. Um I'm not saying he's I'm not slating the guy, he's just difficult to play against. A menace probably doesn't kick the ball at all, but he he caused issues and could have we couldn't have played that way with McGregor we couldn't have um, so it was absolutely a tactical decision and it really paid off and there was a wee montage in the, on social media if you've seen it four or five crosses that McLaughlin came for throughout that game two or three of which I'm absolutely convinced McGregor wouldn't have touched and two of them at least I think a Celtic player was going to win the header now for me I would have McLaughlin keep the jersey for the rest of the season I don't think that will happen but it does make such a difference having a goalie that just claims a ball in that six yard box and McLaughlin did that and it was it was just really good to watch and you know, it gives you a bit more confidence when you've got um, crosses coming in and, and you know your keeper's going to come and collect it or punch it and that's the main thing It's not just a short passing though Graham it's not just a short passing between the back four it's the long passes as well he's able to ping a ball to the wing up to the halfway line and find a man. He's able to play a ball into Lundstrom or into Jack. He's actually able to play a ball with accuracy. Takes the pressure off everybody because Celtic have pushed three guys forward and it's left a gap in the midfield and he'll find that gap with such accuracy. So it's no... Which is good. The short passing around the back is is good and definitely a tactic we employ. But that, that longer range or mid-range passing is such a... Uh, such a good tactic to have because it just relieves the pressure off the defence. We've sucked him in and now we've, we've already got a man over in the midfield just by doing that. And the two punches that you mentioned as well, I thought they were... Because that, that, that was late on in the game and it really needed it. It was punching whatever was in front of him. If that happened to be a, a Celtic head, a Rangers head, or the ball, something was getting punched. Yeah, I mean... There's been times in games this year, and I, I hate slagging off Alan McGregor. I think everybody agrees what he's done for Rangers, but there has been times in games this year, and even Braga on Thursday night, when they got that corner, I, I sort of expected a goal. See, on Sunday, when they were getting corners towards end game, I didn't think they were going to score. And that just comes because I think McLaughlin had come out and uh, took a couple of balls. And I mean, they, they were balls that he should have came for and he should have taken. There was nothing absolutely spectacular about it but there's been a tactic from teams this year swing balls onto the six yard line and they know McGregor's not coming for them and as I say I feel uncomfortable even as if I'm having a go at Alan McGregor at all but I felt so much more comfortable towards the end of the game on Sunday knowing that we had a keeper that was coming to take the ball and Steve you've hit the nail on the head there the ta- there is no doubt you've got to be a lousy coach if you don't make the tactic to put that ball on the line of the six-yard box, right? That would be silly not to. There's without a doubt Braga, that corner was a tactic. Now, that's another thing. 
leading up to that game on Sunday, I've no doubt Celtic, one of their tactics would have been to do that. So to Gio, to throw in McLaughlin, I don't think anyone really expected him to start. He threw him in. That is one big set-piece tactic that Celtic have missed out on. Something they'd probably been working on most of the week, where to pinpoint their set-pieces, whether it was Collins or free kicks, knowing that McGregor will not really come off his line. And again, that's another spanner in the works for them. And it did make a difference, as, as Graham says, having that kind of mid mid mid-range passing. Again, with the way Celtic presses, they did it at Ibrox and we couldn't really do anything about it. So to have a keeper with a wider range of passing did absolutely make a difference. And it was a really, really good tactical decision by Gio. And I, I don't think it was just that we've played the other rounds. It was tactical and it was it was brilliant. So we've touched on it there. We'll go on to Thursday. Graham Carey, I know you always wake up at start your weekend with a semi as the Rangers, so... Right, OK, yeah. What's your question, Colin? Carry on. <laughs> Shows your semi. So, Rangers 1-0 down for the return leg. Did you expect what you see in the Ibrox Thursday night? Um, yes, I thought we would have. I was expecting a victory, to be honest. So, um, I was actually surprised it took so long. I thought we could have put the team away a wee bit earlier. Um, doesn't it take away the, the spirit in the team and the, the ability to do it um, over that period of time but I thought we could have maybe had two or three goals by 60 minutes in um, so uh, hard to say you're disappointed after a result, a result like that and getting through but by that point in the game I really did think we should have been a few goals up and I had, should have put the game to bed um, and we nearly get we nearly, um, yeah, we nearly shot ourselves in the foot there, but it was due to the the spirit and the determination and the, the character that we've already spoke about that, that got us through that tie. Um, we just had to keep on ploughing away. Um, when I say I didn't see them scoring a second, I, I didn't see that. So if it was anything, I thought we were going to maybe get put out in penalties or something, something horrible like that. But uh, yeah, I thought we should have maybe had a put the game to bed a wee bit earlier. Steve, I, I think there's a lot of comparisons between Sunday and Thursday, in particular some of the players who really stood out. But even the way Rangers approached the game, Graham's saying there we should have been two or three up by by the time Braga got one back, and I do agree with him. Um, that's in. Before Sunday, that was probably the best I've seen Rangers play for eighty minutes because they were just consistently on the front foot. Sorry, front foot, and they didn't allow Braga a chance to breathe. See, going into the, the game, there's two things that sort of made me confident. Or first one, uh, I brought Scotty Braga the last time we played them. You know, they were two up and they looked pretty good. As soon as Rangers got a goal back, I thought you could see them wilting. So that gave me a bit of confidence. And also, they celebrated the 1-0 home win um, a wee bit too much in my view because Rangers were pretty stinking in the first leg. Um, I was taking, the positive I took for the first leg was it was all about the result. I would rather we went there and played like we did and lost 1-0 and come back with a chance rather than going across there played excellent and conceded two late goals or whatever. So the one goal in it and yeah, they're probably four or five players different but I certainly thought we could get to them and Ibrox did get to them um, and to score in, what was it, 70 seconds or something? Unbelievable. And you know, I think we'll maybe get to talking about VR later on but you know, what we, we hit the post, we hit the bar, we what, two or three goals chopped off of VR? I've, I've actually lost count of what it was. And I mean, they were rightly chopped off. We've, you know, we've had uh, goals given because of VR and penalties correctly given because of VR. So I'm not saying they were the wrong decisions or that, but we actually did do enough to put them away really, really comfortably within 90 minutes. Already touched on, you know, they got their corner and there was a bit of sense of dread. But even from that moment, I thought the players dealt with it well. And uh, Graham said the only way I could see us getting beat was was on penalties. Um, but it was good for Roof to get his goal because I've been quite critical of him 
Um, probably the, the two Celtic games, I thought, and probably a bit unfair because I think actually the team was still set up for Morelos to be playing and we've, we've tried to slot Roof in. And I thought he was really, really good against Braga um, and at the weekend. So delighted that he got the winning goal, well deserved. And the atmosphere was uh, someone else on Thursday night as well. I know, it, it kind of made up, but obviously I've been feeling sorry for myself after missing the Dortmund game at Ibrox because I would, had that fucking COVID for the second time. So I feel, after seeing that on Thursday night, uh, and there's Graham Campbell, for the listeners, just give me the wanker sign through the, the Stripe video. But um, I feel that made up for it. That was a really special night and such a, what an atmosphere. Graham, I'll come to you, you prick. Um... Came out of roof, you have well and truly banged that drum uh, since day dot. And I agree with Steve, I thought he had two really good games. Um, he probably won't get the credit for Sunday because he didn't score or get an assist. Well, I suppose he did with Arfield, but I thought he led the line well. And he didn't lead the line the way Alfredo Morelos does. He, he led it in the way he came out of roof should, and the team adapted to it, and it gave him half a chance. I got Kemar Roof is just utterly wonderful. Um, what a guy! The last two or three games, specifically, he's been unbelievable, and yeah, he has led the the line really well to the point where at this moment in time, I, f- I feel like uh, Gio does have a decision to make in terms of the league because I really think Kemar Roof needs to be wrapped up in cotton wool. If we were to lose him through injury, um. <laughs> Europe's gone. It is gone. I think we we could have enough about us to see Hearts off in a Scottish Cup final with Sakala up front, but we're not getting through three matches in the Europa League to potentially try and win it if we lose Kmar Roof. So I think decisions do have to be made about priorities now from now until the end of the season um, because he has been phenomenal. Uh, he's, his control, his strength is just unbelievable and I think we have we have changed the way we've, we've played slightly to to match um him up front. I think you saw that a bit more again Sunday when you when you look at Scott Wright coming on, um he drifted into the, the, the centre of midfield quite a bit when he got the ball, drifted out wide as well, but a bit more dynamic when when Wright came on for Ramsey, I was a wee bit baffled by that one. But it proved to be an absolute um, a stroke of genius. I thought he had a great game. His close control was excellent. And having these players either side of the roof is, is brilliant. I think Wright set himself up well for the, for the rest of the season to, to have um, to have some impact on some of the games. But I don't know. I do feel like we've got a lot of players in our squad that are starting, look, too late for the league, but they're starting to come into it. Um, when we talk about the Europa League, having these players um, hitting form at the right time, it's completely different. Now is completely different to 2008. Look, 2008 was amazing. What a run it was. But obviously the style that Walter Smith had is playing and that was playing at the strengths of the team we had at the time. It's completely different to the team we're watching now. And this is a team that can go and win games if we play well, that will score goals if they play well. I honestly believe, and I mean, I, I think you can go back in the recording, Scott, and I'm sure you'll hear me somewhere saying that we'll win the Europa League this season, new season, so well. But I honestly believe we will, we can, we can absolutely, undoubtedly win the Europa League. Um, and it's just about making sure that, one, we keep these players fit, and two, they, 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 are, they continue hitting this kind of vein of form. And we've only got, what, a few games left this season. I mean, I'm really excited, I'll be honest. Just when you mentioned the 2008 and you're making, maybe saying, wrap roof up in uh, cotton wool. He's the man that's going to lead us in Europe. I bet Colin's about to mention Daniel Cousin. I bet he's going to mention him. Am I right? He's known me so fucking well, <laughs> aye. It's my biggest regret, Daniel Cousin with that stupid heater, Fiorentina. This is meant to be a good mood podcast, Graham. I could just sense it as soon as it comes up. But... <clears throat> It is a true comparison. I think he does lead the line like him. Um, he's he's a he gets about. He throws himself about. He's a strong boy, Ruth. Uh, I wonder if his baby just been injured all this time and he just not had a chance. And now he's starting to get ninety minutes, ninety minutes, and that's what he's actually needed. He's needed to get regular game time. Would, would they say that about players that they need 
proper game time. And now that he's starting to get regular, that's now him finding his true form, which, you know, a few years did see, um, did see that he had, had it in him. But I, um, I think he's been fantastic the last few games as well. Really good, really good showing from him. And he's had to step up because there's not a lot else there, which backs up Graham's point that if he's injured, we're knackered. Steve, just touching on injuries, um, we spoke about him a couple of times, but not in any great detail. Aaron Ramsey, thought he had a decent game on Thursday, um, but also he was subbed off before half-time on, on Sunday. Um, apparently it's a, it was a tight hamstring. Um, just weighs record and not even before Rangers, but since he's been at Rangers as well, I can't help but think this may be his last game that we've seen him play. Yeah, I, I did read a report, I think it was in the Times earlier on, uh, basically saying that they think that's his season over, but um, somebody had said to me that this has been reported before and he's actually came back, but if it is, if that is him done for us, I'm not going to criticise the club for taking the gamble, because I think if you get offered a player of that quality to come in for, you know, uh, potentially winning the league, potentially winning the Scottish Cup, and potentially going very far or winning the Europa League, I think you've just got to take it. You know, however much it's cost the club. If you said to me, rewound back to whenever it was in January and we, we had the chance to sign him, I would still say sign him because he just has so much quality. I think the, the games he's played in, I've been quite impressed with his work rate. I, I thought he was maybe going to be one of these players that comes up and stands about and likes to do wee flicks and whatever. But I think when he's played, he's put the effort in. Um, he played at Galabank at Arnon. You know, no sort of um, prima donna attitude about that. I just think sadly his, his body's letting him down a wee bit. Um, but if it is his last game, I'd thank him for his efforts and yeah, I hope he can get himself fit and start playing games. To be honest, from from what we've seen, I, like there's been times where I've thought the guy is clearly an absolute cut above anyone else um, on the pitch. I don't know about you guys, but specifically on Thursday against Braga, I don't think he had as much effect on Sunday as he did on Thursday. But honestly, I said at the time, it was one of the finest midfield performances I've seen in a Rangers shot in my time going to Ibrox. I thought he was unbelievable against Braga. Like, the guy is just a cut above, and you can tell, like, for me, for me, it was a world class performance that he put in against Braga. And that's where I'm really devastated that he's going to miss the rest of the season. As I say, I don't think he had as much influence in the game on Sunday, whether, again, that was tiredness or whatever from the shift he put in. But I think it's in Europe. Um, you have Buff and you have Ramsey for the last three games in the Europa League, potentially. I really think we we would be, I mean, we would be flying. We're now missing him. I'm not saying it's all lost or anything like that, but that, honestly, I could not could not have sang his praises higher than, than that game on Thursday and I'll be gutted if he's out for the rest of the season because like not only is that that but um, obviously any hopes of his even going near him in the summer look that was unlikely anyway but that's gone regardless um, and like Steve says look you can only thank him for coming in and the few games he's done because it's been great to see him. Honestly, the, the way he breaks up plays, movement, some of the touches are just... Pff, he, he's a cut above, and you can tell. Nah, so here's hoping all the reports are a bit of a in, in factual read and he's back for the game against Leipzig a week on Thursday. So before we wrap up um, for our predictions against Motherwell. Big bit of news came out for Scottish football today. Graham Curry, I'm going to come to you, the resident Gallant View referee. We voted in VAR, but in two Scottish football fashion, we can't even vote something improperly. We're going to do it halfway through next season, just for the shits and giggles. What's your thoughts? Uh, thoughts on VAR in general are I've never been a fan of it. But that's because I'm old-fashioned and I want just a pure game of football, 4-4-2, and I want the other team to play 4-4-2. And you still want a big guy and wee guy up front, don't you? Exactly that. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I get annoyed at electronic substitution boards and stuff like that. I don't know why they have to be electronic. Just make 
put a bit of paper up, that'll do. Um, but no, moving with the times, and we definitely need to get VAR in. The whole, whole of Europe scored it. Um, and we are sadly lacking, but how many years behind are we? Four, three, four years behind. So we're already behind. All these referees are already ahead of us, know how to work it, or um, a lot better at being going to be able to analyse things like this. So we're already behind, but it had to get brought in at some point. And you're right, I don't know why it's got to be halfway through a season. That It does not make sense to me. How long does it take to get trained up on how to watch a telly and make a decision? But, uh, so I used to do, as you know, Con, I used to be a referee, right? I'm amateur referee, lowest level and that, whatever. But I used to go to some of the meetings and what they would do is, at the training, is they would put up the, on a telly, and it would maybe just be a junior game, I don't know, maybe Pollock versus Irvin Fix or whatever, and they would say, right, what would you do in this situation? And so they're already in the habit of watching a game, analysing it, and making a decision. So it's not as if this is a completely new concept to them. Referees should know how to look at a telly and go, right, I know the rule, I know the laws of the game, that is definitely offside or that is definitely a penalty make my decision it should not be taking six months to be trained up on how to do it unless I'm missing something unless there's a a technological reason why you know it has to be installed maybe maybe the stadiums need to be revamped and it has to take that length of time but if it's if it's a refereeing thing then it's it's taking far too long to, to, to get brought in and it's kind of a nonsense that you know, you're going to have two games against an opposite. Let's say Motherwell. We're going to have two games against Motherwell next season. We've got VAR, and then two two games against Motherwell where we don't have it. And it's yeah, it just feels a bit. It just feels a bit odd. But I'm all for it. I'm all for it being brought in. As I said, now that it's um, now that it's here, I think Rangers will benefit. I really do. I think the amount of decisions we get screwed out. Of, again, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I don't think referees are out to get us. I think there's influence put on the referees sometimes and it's unavoidable. I think referees, they make bad decisions against Rangers and um, there's probably outside influences and whatever. I don't think referees are out to get us. I really don't. I, 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 I know people complain or whenever somebody, whenever Beaton gets uh, uh, appointed, everybody gets up in arms and says, oh, he's going to do us and whatever. I don't agree with all that. I don't think that's the case. But I do think they're influenced by outside um, influences, if you like. And I think VAR will really, really help Rangers a lot. The amount of decisions that go against us, which are easily overturned when you watch a replay. Um, so I'm all for it now, yeah. Steve, um, Graham probably really summed up my, my thoughts perfectly there. Um, I, I would say in, in Europe this season, we've seen VAR go for Rangers and against Rangers, but I'm okay with that. I just want Rangers refereed fairly. My only worry is that while this will help with um, offside decisions and stuff, it's still going to still going to be the same idiots refereeing the game. So stuff is still going to be missed. Um, but oh no, I do think it will help the game. Uh, what, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I think. Well, I think first of all it was the right decision to bring it in because. I think just about every other major league in Europe, Scott, it. two things, um, or sorry, one thing I, I didn't understand was why League Two and League One clubs got a vote on it because they're never going to be, they're never going to be um, using it really. I mean, I don't know if it's Scottish Cup or whatever, but so I get championship and uh, premiership. Um, Another thing that shocked me was that there was actually, what was it, 41 to 1 vote? Because you could hold up a white and black card in Scottish football and get vote, uh, people to vote in the colour and you would get a fucking even split, I think. So I was kind of shocked at the 41 and 1. Just echo uh, yours and Graham's thoughts on bringing it through halfway through a season. That is absolutely ridiculous. Um, just typical Scottish football. But yeah, overall, I think it's time to come in and... I actually think it will help the referees because I think it takes a bit of pressure off them to get the right decision. You know, if it's someone you're not sure about, you let it go. The guy in the trailer or wherever they'll be sitting um, has a look at it. He looks at it kind of whilst, you know, he's obviously 
should know the rules and you're not getting influence of the crowd, I don't think, as much. So they should get to the right decision more. Um, yeah, overall, just for it. Glad we've got it. We're getting it. Last word on you, Graham. How funny would it be if Rangers were the one club who voted against it? Yeah, it wouldn't. It would uh, be embarrassing, I guess. Um, I'm sure it wasn't. God knows who it was. Um, I, I'm assuming we'll, we'll find out eventually. But um, interestingly, I Graham Curry say how we'll be playing Mullow four times next season. So there you go. Well, fans, listen to this podcast. Uh, Graham Curry as you finish in the top six uh, next season. So congrats on that achievement um, again. So, um, but look, it's it's the right decision. Uh, halfway through a season is a total farce. I'll tell you right now, I guarantee it. Um, halfway through that season, you know I love media and stuff. I guarantee there'll be a table. Then there'll be a table if VAR was in this half of the season. Then at the end of next season, there'll be a table and a table if VAR was in the whole season. All that's to come. It's going to be brilliant. It's going to be fun and games. So yeah, bring it on, I guess. But um, yeah, it's about time it's been brought in. Happy days. We've all agreed. Vars, Vars a good call, but the SFA are idiots, and that's as good a point as any to wrap it up. Um, thank you all for listening. I'm going to come and ask my guests to give their farewells or goodbyes, and uh, um, I'd like to thank them for joining. And as always, I'm going to press them for a prediction for this Saturday's game away to Motherwell. So kicking us off, good to have you back, Graham Curry. Cheers, Colin. Cheers, boys. Good to be back again. It's been a long time, but um, I'd like to be back, especially after such a momentous week. Um, so, I, for me, it's going to be an Itten hat trick against Motherwell 3 0. Uh, big big getting listening to this podcast is probably the closest he's getting to the game. Uh, thank you very much for joining us for On the Road, Steve Caldo. Yep, so I'm taking into account what Graham was saying earlier on about we maybe have to prioritise um, for the rest of the season. I think we go balls out against Motherwell. If we get the win, put a bit of pressure on Celtic playing the next day. Um, I'm going to go 4-2 Rangers. Last but not least, Graham Campbell, thank you very much. Yeah, cheers for having us on. Um, Roof's going to be rested. Scala's going to hit that track. We're going to win 5-0, now, uh, now. and I'll see you boys in Seville. And I'm going to go a standard, a, a solid 2-0 win for Rangers. It's not going to be pretty. We're not going to play anywhere near as well as we played the last two games. It's the Rangers way. 2-0 uh, Rangers. Um, and then just saving ourselves for the following Thursday. On that note, thank you very much everybody for listening. Enjoy your weekend when it comes. We are the people.